powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Tonight, before we get into this fire, lift your Bibles out. Let's make this confession of faith together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for just a second. I want you to see this scripture. I want you to go, uh, go to Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53. Shout fire. Y'all said it loud, but I said shout it. Shout fire. Fire. All right, watch this. Watch this. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Look at me. If I was to ask you, what did Jesus come to the earth for? Because uh, this weekend and even during this time, we're celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Most people would say he came to bring love. Some people would say he came to bring peace. Some people would say that he came to, he came to, to show us how much he loves us. Some people would say that he came to, to, to give us a gift. But can I tell you what he said he came for? Look what Jesus said he came to do. Y'all, y'all got verse 49? I said, y'all got verse 49? Now, if you don't have it in your Bible, but you're going to look on the screen and say, I got it, Bishop. Look what Jesus said I came to do. I came to cast fire on the earth. Wow. This is what Jesus said. He says, and I would that it was already kindled. In other words, he says, I wish I didn't have to do this because my people would have already done it. Verse 550, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Verse 51, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. No, I tell you rather division. Wow. Verse 52, 
from now on, in one house, uh, three will be, uh, uh, will be five divided. Three against two, two against three. Look at me. Jesus was saying, he says, what I'm coming to do is going to create change. And the change I gonna, I'm going to create is going to make people take sides. But Jesus says, you need to know I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. He says, some people are going to be for me. Some people are going to be against me. Some people are going to get with the gospel. Some people are going to push the gospel away. He said, but what you need to know is that I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I came to do what? Start a fire. Somebody say, Lord, start it in us. And so he says, listen, when this fire comes, look at verse 53. They're going to be divided. He says some fathers are going to be against sons, some sons against fathers, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And look what he's saying. He wasn't just giving them a license to fight just to fight. He says, but there's going to be some disagreements about me. And he says these disagreements are going to come because when I start to set you on fire, you're going to have to let go of everybody that doesn't want to grow. I'm going to say it again. He says, you're going to have to let go of everybody that does not want to grow. He says, so you're going to have to pick. Are you going to be on fire? Or are you going to be cold? And I think since you're in church in Denver on a Friday night, you've already made your choice. Say, Lord, set me on fire for your glory. Father, speak to us tonight. Give us clarity. Answer every question. Speak with precision. I decrease that you would increase. Move by your spirit tonight. Move by your power tonight that we would see a demonstration of signs, miracles, and wonders. Set us on fire tonight in Jesus' name. Let's give him glory, church. Let's give him glory, church. Can you just take 10 seconds before I even preach this message? And can we give him some glory? Can we lift him high? Can we magnify him? Can we glorify him? Say thank you, Jesus. You can be seated tonight. Tonight, y'all, we are going to experience the fire of God to renew us, reignite us, and to refresh us. We're going to worship, receive the word, and we're going to see signs, miracles, and wonders in our midst. I need you to know that we are in a Hebrew feast called the Lord's Passover. Literally, the reason that we're doing Friday Night Fire tonight it's not because of what many people call Good Friday. The reality is, is that when you believe in Jesus, every day is a good day. Um, the, uh, the reality is, is that Jesus was not crucified on a Friday because Friday to Sunday is not three days. So the reality is, is that every day with Jesus is a good day. So it ain't just Good Friday. It's Good Saturday, Good Sunday, Good Monday, Good Tuesday, Good Wednesday, Good Thursday, Good Friday. But now watch this. In all of this. We are in this Hebrew feast called the Lord's Passover. We are literally in it. It has begun right now. And if you're not familiar with the biblical feast, let me school you real fast because that's one of the most overlooked yet most powerful things in the Bible. Because the Bible is based off of the Hebrew calendar. And we don't watch this. Many times the reality is, is that we have a mentality of a Gregorian calendar. It was set in motion by Pope Gregory. And what the Gregorian calendar does, it goes from January to December, right? Uh, but the biblical calendar is based off of a Hebrew calendar. And the Hebrew calendar, watch this, has something called feasts. In fact, there are seven major feasts. I'm going to say seven major feasts. Now, I need you to stick with me this. Now, uh, we don't honor things here uh, like Lent or no Ash Wednesday and all those other things because those things aren't biblical. Instead, we honor the feast because the feasts are biblical. The feast, watch this. Here's what it means. It's an appointed time or a kairos moment. Now, kairos sounds like a really expensive word. It's not. It's a $5 word. Here's what it means. It's a Greek word for a time when heaven invades the earth. 
I'm going to say it again. Uh, there are, it's a Greek word for when heaven invades the earth. So quite literally, whenever we are in a biblical feast, watch this. Your prayer, praise, and worship can schedule a meeting with heaven. But during a feast time, heaven has scheduled a meeting with you. I need you to know right now that over your life, heaven is open. And God says, I've come to see about my sons, and I've come to see about my daughters. Would you just declare this, say, heaven's open over my life. A feast is an appointment that God sets with you. There are four spring feasts. I'm going to hit it quickly just so you know it. I've taught a lot on it before. It's Passover. That's where we're in now. Followed by that, it's called unleavened bread. Then the day of first fruits. That's actually what Easter is. The principle of first fruits says that whatever the first is, so is the rest. So Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday is called the day of first fruits, which means, watch this, whatever the first fruit is, so are the rest. So if Jesus is blessed, so are the rest. Since Jesus resurrected, so can the rest. Since Jesus could take a licking and keep on ticking, so can the rest. See, anything we see Jesus do, we can do it. I need you to know you're not trash. I need you to know you're not some uh, a bump on the law. I need you to know you're not a mistake. I need you to know you're not a failure. Anything you see Jesus do, slap somebody, high five, say, I can do it too. That's why the Bible says greater works than these would we do. Why? Because God says anything you see me do, I've equipped you and I've empowered you to do the very same thing. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't have a clue who you're sitting next to. Yeah, people have thrown dirt at you. People have thrown mud at you. People have started stuff at you. But what they did not understand is who you really were. The Bible says as he is, so are we in the earth. Watch me. Then it is the Feast of Shavuot. That's the day of Pentecost. I hit it quickly because I just need you to get to this point. The spring feasts all represent sudden fast-forward movement. Let's say it again. The spring feasts all represent sudden fast-forward movement. That's why, watch this, during this time, you'll notice things happen very quickly. You'll notice, watch this, that people will fall out with you very quickly, but then God will replace them with better people just that fast. I, I need you to know that everything going on right now, it represents for, fast forward movement. Now check this out. This is significant because the spring feasts literally spring you forward. And when we honor them, we'll have the momentum needed for manifestation. And we honor them by gathering together. The Bible calls them holy convocations. That means a gathering. And then giving triumphantly. In Deuteronomy 16, 16, the scripture says, you can write it down, look it up in your own time. The scripture says that we should not stand before the Lord empty-handed. That's why I challenge us all to sow tonight. Passover represents the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And in Exodus, the Hebrews applied the blood of a lamb on their doorposts so that death wouldn't come in their house. Look at me. Look at me. This, this is going to be your first shout. Passover represented the last plague had passed. Uh, uh, you, you missed your shout. Passover represented that after 10 plagues, God was finally separating them from Egypt. You're, you're not, you missed your first shot already. In other words, watch this. God says, I put it on the calendar that today was your last day dealing with Egypt. Y'all not talking. I put it on the calendar that today was your last day dealing with the stuff of your past, dealing with your depression, dealing with your discouragement, dealing with your jacked up family issues, dealing with that sickness in your body. Today was your last Somebody holler, that's over. I need you to realize that when you get up in the morning, you won't be in a regular day. You're going to have stepped out of your Egypt, everything trying to crush you, everything trying to beat you up, everything trying to beat you down. Somebody say, it's over. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Uh, Passover says all ten plagues have passed. 
God says, I sent the plagues. Now, I need you to catch that. God sent the plagues. I need you to stop being bitter. I need you to stop being mad. I need you to not even have an attitude with people who did you wrong. You need to look at them and say, you thought you were in control. What you didn't even know is God made you treat me like that. God made you act that way with me. God made you get crazy with me. Why? Because he needed to get the glory over you. He needed you to betray me so that he could show me he is my present help. And somebody say, God did it. And I need you to understand that because God was the one that sent the plagues to separate them from Egypt and get the glory over Pharaoh. But watch this, church. The seventh plague was fire. The Bible says that hailstones and fire came down. And what's interesting about it, y'all, is that this is important because seven represents completion. The number seven in the Bible, it means completion. So whenever you see seven, it's not just the number seven. It is speaking another message, which means something is being completed. That's why God created in, watch this, he created for six days on the seventh day he rested. Why? He was complete. What he wanted to do, it was done. What was the seventh plague? Fire. Now this is amazing because not only does it mean completion, but it means shalom. That I've already taught you that means what? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Now, on Monday, the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris was on fire for 15 hours before they could get the fire under control. And within hours after the fire, almost a billion dollars was raised to repair it and restore it. I need you to realize the fire is bringing you resources. I, I need... I need you to realize that, that that pain is about to bring you some provision. I need you to realize that God, watch this, he let it burn because God says, I'm about to send some people that's going to help you pay it off. Would you slap your neighbor high five? Say, the fire's sending resources. It's, the fire's about to open a door of opportunity for you. The fire is about to make people bless you that don't even like you. Shout fire. Now watch this, watch this, fire, fire. Not only, not only did they raise almost a billion dollars within hours to repair it and restore it, but I need you to check this out. In our own lives, whenever we see something on fire, our first response is to throw water at it, to end it. And that makes sense, but it doesn't make Bible. Because did you ever stop to ask the question, who started the fire in the first place? Because maybe it needs to burn. The cathedral at Notre Dame burned for 15 hours because in part, they did not know that it was on fire. They did not know that it was on fire for a prolonged period of time, and now they're speculating as to what actually caused the fire. Some theories say it was a, it was a, a short circuit in a wire, and everybody's got a different theory about what started it. The reality is, is how is it that such a prestigious place, such a well-known place that literally sits in the middle of almost a makeshift island, there's two streams of water on either side, how in the world did nobody see that it was on fire? In your life, when stuff gets on fire, you normally make sure everybody knows. 
You start running. You start hollering. You start. Can we talk for a minute? Can we talk about how your neighbor responds when stuff gets set on fire? In case you haven't figured it out, when I say fire right here, that means that, that, that something is happening that's creating calamity, it's creating confusion, it's creating an issue, it's creating drama, now you got issues. But, but can I ask you something? Did you ever stop before you tried to put the fire out to say, well, who started the fire in the first place? Because here's what I found out. Once something is on fire, it can never be the same again. It will either become better or there will be no more. Could it be that instead of trying to put the fires out in your life, you need to watch the fire and say, let that fire burn. I need you to not think that every time there's a problem, it requires a response. I need you not to think that every time somebody's talking about you, you need to clap back. I need you not to think that every time somebody don't like you, you need to get on the phone and figure out why. I need you not to think that every time you get a negative report that you need to get discouraged and depressed because maybe you need to let it burn. Maybe the fire was the best thing that could have ever happened to you. Are you still here? No, 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 no. Watch this. Fire, when it touches something, it can never be the same. Never. It can never go back to being what it was. Even though they've raised a billion dollars, it will not be the way that it was before. It literally took hundreds of years. The cathedral is over 850 years old. They said it literally took a lifetime. Certain men, watch this, they started building it and they were never able to see its completion because the part they were building was a part that was contributing to, but it wasn't the completion of. I, I, look at your name and say, who started the fire? Maybe God started the fire in your marriage to make it better than what it was. I know this is contrary to what we want to believe, right? Because we want to believe that everything bad is the enemy and everything good is God. But when you read your Bible in Isaiah 45, God says, I'm the one that creates light and darkness. I'm the one that creates good and evil. God says, I control the fire. Can, can we go Bible for a minute? Now, in Luke 12, 49, let's just read that verse real quickly. In Luke 12, 49, Jesus says, the reason I came to the earth was to start some fires. I need you to take a deep breath, everybody. You feel good? Okay, all right, you can tell what your neighbor had for lunch. Can we take one more? Why am I taking a deep breath? Because the devil didn't start that fire. You need to know, watch this, even your hater didn't start that fire. You need to know, watch this, God says, I came to start a fire. I need you to relax because God says, I started it and it ain't to take you down, it's to bring you up. I started it, it's not to destroy you, it's to make you better. So, so watch this, let's go Bible, let's go Bible. Because fire in the Bible had many different meanings depending on the context. But Isaiah 4.4 4 says that fire is a spirit that God controls. Can we read Isaiah 4.4? 4? It says, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem for its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Burning there means fire. Watch this. God says, I will use, watch this, something uh, that is aggravating to finally allow you to make some progress. God says, sometimes life feels egregious to ignite some excitement. 
Sometimes he uses pain to ignite passion, and sometimes your life feels like a zoo so he can ignite some zeal. I need you to know that God says, I control fire because fire quite literally is a spirit. This is amazing. I'm talking it out because I need you to get it. I need you to get it. Say fire is a spirit. Now, I need you to understand that because, because watch this. Sometimes when stuff happens in our life, here's what we do. Lord, why are you doing this? And what do we normally do? We're rebuking, right? God, please stop this. Lord, just please, Lord, get me out of this storm. Lord, get me out of this trial. Lord, get me out of this issue. Lord, just please let it be over. And God says, no. You need to take a picture, a page from that boy's song and let it burn. Touch your neighbor and say, let it burn. Could it be? Because look at Isaiah 4.4. He says, he cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from their midst. And he did it with judgment. That means he corrected them by force. I need you to realize there are certain things God says you're not getting it. So I'm just going to have to take an executive move and I'm going to have to make it happen. You wouldn't release that bad relationship so I shut it down. You wouldn't get out of that toxic situation so I shut it down. You wouldn't get rid of those people that were at your table that brought nothing to your table so I shut it down. God says I had to correct you by force. But then number two, but then number two. Not only did he say I have to correct him by force, but then he says a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of what? Burning. Say fire. fire. Notice he didn't say flames. He said burning. A good fire. You ever started a good fire? I, I, uh, any any, any uh, grill people or barbecue people? Anybody like them? Okay. Yeah, I got to make that hot box. Right. A good fire when it's burning, you can really tell the depth of the fire, not by the red flames, but by the blue ones. Because that means you're dealing with a fire that, watch me, is intense. God says, you need to know that fire is a spirit that I control. And God says, I let it get intense. And watch this. God says, but it can't kill you. It's just going to make you stronger. It can't take you out. It's just going to make you better. I need everybody in here to give God five seconds of worship because you just found out he controls the fire. Five, four, three, two, one. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Stop rebuking the devil. You're wasting your time. Stop dealing with your enemy so much. You're wasting your time. God says fire is a spirit and a spirit that I control. So here's what fire does. Here's what fire does. We're almost there, y'all. We're about to see it work. Number one, fire makes things clear. Fire makes things clear. 1 Corinthians 3.13. It says each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by what? It's right there on the screen. It will be revealed by what? Fire. And the fire will test what you've done. The problem you and I have, look at me, look at me. problem you and I have is that we trust stuff we haven't tested. And the only way you really know what you have is God says, I had to set it on fire. I need everybody, watch this. If you're married and you got some marital fire, y'all need to stop fighting one another. And God says, I'm just trying to show you what you really got. I'm trying to show you what you really have in your hand. Everybody got family issues. God says, I need you to realize I'm trying to show you what's really happening in your family. I'm trying to show you what's really going on. The fire makes clear what you really have. In fact, 
everyone who's sworn their loyalty to you, it's not even true until their loyalty's been set on fire. Y'all gonna get it in a moment. You're gonna get it in a moment. To everybody who was comfortable in your financial situation, you really don't know that God is a provider until your finances are set on fire. And then you have no choice but to trust him. Is there anybody in here on a Friday night in 5280 that can declare, I learned he's my provider. I learned that he's my way maker. I learned that he'll open a door that no man can shut. I had to trust him with my finances after my finances were set on fire. But then, but then number two, fire makes you continue. Sometimes the fire around you can extinguish the fire in you. And this happened for a man named Jeremiah who is known as the weeping prophet because he had several emotional breakdowns. Hear me, leaders. You can't break down in front of the people you lead. I'm going to say it again, leaders. You cannot break down in front of the people that you lead because they need you. Watch this to be strong. Leaders, watch this. It's time for you to go to God and pray. It's time for you to go to God and worship. Leaders need to go to their leader, and that's where you have your breakdown. But you cannot have your breakdown in front of the people that you lead. Jeremiah wasn't respected. Why? Because they kept looking at him and saying, you keep weeping when you come to us. We don't see you as a source of strength. We see you as a source of weakness. We don't see you as somebody we can rally behind. We see you as somebody that we need to encourage. And if you're supposed to be the leader, you can't be the one needing to be encouraged by the ones you lead. I need every leader to realize you're like a pitcher of water and the people drink from you when they need you. And you're going to have to go fill yourself up. Stop depending on the people that you lead to fill you up. Watch me. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet, y'all. He had all these emotional breakdowns. He, he spent his life trying to help people that didn't want to be helped. And proof that they didn't want to be helped was they never did anything he said to do. Can I give another lesson right here? You have to let people go that don't want to grow. You call it ministry, and really all you're doing is managing misery. They don't want to get better because they haven't listened to anything you've said. Some of y'all hear me, some of you single people, you're literally dating your breakdown. They don't want to grow, you got to pull them. You got to drag them. Y'all ain't talking now, I feel thug bishop about to come right on through the door. Some of you literally, you keep people around you that drain you. This is what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah had these emotional breakdowns because he's trying to help people that do not want to be helped because the people around him cannot add to him. They are only subtracting from him. And I prophesy into your life that the people sitting at your table in 2019 will be people that bring something to the table. They just don't take something from the table. Your days of leeches that don't add to you, you need to know those days are over. Say, I receive that. that. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, In chapter 20, Jeremiah says, I'm done. Be careful when you threaten God. Matter of fact, your neighbor, wink at him. Because your neighbor is a serial threatener. (laughs) I made it up. They didn't quit God about four times a day in their head. I just don't know, God. I'm on my way to church. <laughs> you, you, you hear me? You hear me? Jeremiah in chapter number 20. Jeremiah in chapter number 20. Jeremiah says, watch this. Jeremiah says, I'm done. Any of us ever had some situations where we've been there? I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. 
You even start walking different when you have your I'm done. I'm done. You act passive aggressive when you're done. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Because I'm done. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. It's too quiet around in here. Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 20, he says he's done. And he conspires to give up. Watch me on what he was called to do. Well, let me encourage some people that are called. You are going to have days where you don't feel like the phone is ringing. Call, get it, catch it. Catch. Let me talk to the people that are called. You're going to have some days where you say, Lord, is it really worth it? Is it really, is it really worth it? You're going to have some days where you don't just want to throw in the towel. You want to chop the towel up, rip the towel up, set the towel on fire yourself. But I came to encourage you tonight. God says he started the fire. Jeremiah, listen, listen to what he went through. Listen to what he went through. He's attacked by his own brothers. You ain't good until your own attack you. I need somebody to just take three seconds to give God glory because you just found out how much of a threat you really are. That's why your own have been attacking you. Your own blood, your own family, your own relatives, your own friends, your own co-workers, the people you help. Your own have been attacking you because you are somebody's threat. You're somebody's call. You're somebody's anointed. Somebody holler, yes, I am. What's this? His brothers attack him. Then he's beaten and put into the stocks by a priest and a false prophet. Watch this. S supposedly spiritual people try to shut him down and lock him up. Watch this. Watch this. You know you're good when, watch this, supposedly spiritual people come against you. I need you to not be mad if somebody that got a WWJD racial on is your biggest hater. Why? Because that means you must be doing something effective. You must be doing something good. And I need you to not even be upset about it anymore. I need you to stop stalking them on Facebook and Instagram. Instead, I need you to say, thank you. You just showed me that I must be gifted. And I know that I'm gifted because, baby, I'm being afflicted. Then, 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 we're almost there. We're almost where we're going. We're almost where we're going. He's thrown into a water storage unit. He's opposed. He finds out plots that are against him to have him assassinated. Let me tell you why God lets you stumble on information. God lets you stumble on information where people are trying to come against you. And he lets you stumble on their plans and their plots because God wants to say, I need you to see what I've been protecting you from. Watch me. I need you to see why I took them out your life. Mm. Watch me. I need you to see why they couldn't bond to you. I need you to see why they couldn't stay around. I need you to see why no matter how much you tried to help them, you couldn't help them. I need you to see. They said it like this in the old church. He'll keep you protected from dangers seen and from dangers unseen. Watch. 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 We're getting, we're getting to where we're going. We're getting to where we're going. Uh, it's so bad for Jeremiah that he says, God, curse the day I'm born. Because Jeremiah didn't understand that the fire around him was designed to ignite a fire in him. I need you to shout fire right there. No, 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 no. He didn't get it. So he got wearied by the fire around him. He got tired. And you're dangerous when you're tired. That's why they tell you don't operate vehicles when you're drowsy. Why? Because you're dangerous. Because now you got a weapon. You're not nice when you're tired. Y'all not saying nothing? 
Some of y'all tonight, you ain't touched your neighbor yet because you're tired. The truth is, is that you want to touch it, but you're like, bitch, I... Are you here? Sometimes you get so tired. And Jeremiah was like, all this stuff going on? Jeremiah got weary. I came tonight for some weary people. And here's the tip about being weary. You can be encouraged in one area. You can feel great in one area and feel weary in another area. You can be excited about the progress you're making on your summer body, but be totally upset about the progress you're making in your finances. I, I need you to get real. Can we get real and practical? Because some stuff ain't even that deep. Some stuff is just basic stuff you're trying to get from A to Z. Watch me. Jeremiah says, I'm done. And he probably didn't say it like that. He probably, he's a weeping prophet. So. <laughs> I'm done, God. I'm, I'm so over this, God. I... But while we're laughing, the truth is, can we have an honest moment? How many of us? Can we even get more real? How many of us was there in the last seven days? I need you to get super real. I need you to get super real. You need to hear me and hear me clearly. Tonight's the last night of that. <laughs> You're not saying nothing to me. Somebody say, tonight's the last night of that. Bishop, why do you have me speaking that? Because life and death are in the power of your tongue. Which means, watch this. The Bible says David, when he was fighting Goliath, he said, today Goliath is coming down. And when did he come down? That day. Which means you need to say, today is the last day of that up and down stuff. Watch me. You still here? Are you still here? So here's what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9. We're almost to where we're going. You ready? We're almost to where we're going. I just need you to get this. Bishop, why are you giving me so much work? Because I need you to understand uh, that, watch this, that, that fire is a spirit. And we've learned it's a spirit that God controls. You, you need to hear me. I need you to hear me clearly. Because when you throw water at it, you're throwing, watch this, what you're doing is interfering. Some of you, you watch this, you like helping everybody. And watch this, and you're too merciful because you keep interrupting other people's fires. You keep stopping the fire. And every time you stop the fire, what you're doing is you're literally getting in God's way. So he has to move you out the way because you've become an idol to them because they don't pray no more. They call you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. They don't worship no more. They call you. Here's Jeremiah 29. He says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as it was a burning what? Fire shut up in my bones. And look at what he says. I'm weary holding it in. I can't. Look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, what actually made me more tired was not doing what I'm supposed to do. What actually made me more tired is not serving like I'm supposed to. What made me more tired is not giving like I'm supposed to. You ain't talking. What made me more tired is not walking in my assignment like I'm supposed to. I need somebody to know tonight was your last night of not being in God's perfect will for your life. You need to know that tonight begins the best days of the rest of your life. I need your face stirred in this room. Somebody shout, I believe that. His next thing. So one, one, fire makes it clear. Number two, fire makes you continue. Here's number three. Fire makes you, makes you, makes you better. Zechariah 13, 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. I'll hear them and I'll say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. This is called metallurgy. Would you say that with me? It, it, here's what metallurgy do. It, it literally takes something raw and of no value and it gives it worth by putting it in the fire. Say it again. Let's back that thing up. It takes something of no value and then it puts it into the fire. 
and it burns off the invaluable stuff. Or the, excuse me, the valueless stuff, the stuff that has no value, so that only the valuable stuff remains. I'm going to back it up and say it again so you get it. It's put in the fire, and then everything, watch this, that can't handle the heat has to fall off. I need you to know the reason your circle has changed is because God put you in the fire. And when he put you in the fire, he said, this is who can't handle it. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. Because where you're going, you need people around you that can handle the pressure. You need people that can handle the fire. You ain't staying down here. You're going all the way up. So I had to put you in the fire so they fell off. So, so literally, it takes something of no value and it gives it worth by defining it. Well, defining it, what does that mean? It gives it purpose. So the fire makes you better because it actually gives you purpose. If I put an instrument into the fire, I can now shape it so that it has a purpose. Without the fire, hear me, you're purposeless. To everybody resisting the fire, you're resisting purpose. It, it is too quiet right there. But then not only does it give it purpose, but watch this, because the next thing it does, it tests it. Can you handle this level of heat? See, watch this. Sometimes we're overexposed to what we're underprepared for. Because can you actually handle the fire that comes with being good? Can, can you handle the fire that comes with, you want to call shots, so now as a leader you have to take the shots. Can you handle the fire? So I've been able to have five say, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. How, why do you think you can? Because you've been doing it. And you've been doing it and doing it and doing it well. I need you to encourage your neighbor on your left and your right and encourage them so you've been handling it well. I need somebody to know God ain't mad at you. God ain't trying to beat you up. He ain't trying to knock you down. Tonight, God says "Son, Tell them I'm proud of how they've been handling you. They haven't done it perfectly, but they've been faithful. They haven't done everything right, but they've been faithful. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. The fire makes miracles. Here it is. It's the last one. Then we're going in. Say miracles. miracles. Say it again. Say miracles. miracles. Say it like you need one. Miracles. Say it like you want to see one tonight. Miracles. In Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know where we're going. I need you to act like you know where we're going. He builds a gold statue of himself. And, he, and, and the king says, whenever they play the music, play the music, play something. Play something. No, don't, that's church. Give me trap. Because this was Nebuchadnezzar. He was, he's a little ratchet. Nebuchadnezzar was the original two chains. Watch me, watch me. All right, so here's what Nebuchadnezzar said. Nebuchadnezzar said, every time you hear the music, you got to bow down. You got to bow down and worship his golden statue. So Nebuchadnezzar said, when the music drops, you got to dance. And he says, not only do you have to dance, you have to bow down to worship my image. Watch what Nebuchadnezzar says. He says, and if you do not do it, he says, what I'm going to do is throw you into the fire. He says, I'm going to throw you into the fire if you don't worship my image. I need you to catch that. But there were these three Hebrew boys. Craig. <laughs> There's these three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy goat. 
Watch me. And these three guys said to the king, king. Because they, they saw the music drop. And their haters said that they saw that they didn't bow down. So what do haters like to do? Start stuff. So what did they mean to do? They ran and told the king, 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 king. These three boys didn't bow down. So the king brings them in and says, what is this? Did you not bow before my image? <laughs> Come on, Lion King. I am so excited about Lion King coming out. I need you to take three seconds and give God praise for the Lion King. I'm just serious right there. If you haven't heard me preach the Lion King, go to our podcast or YouTube channel because I have literally preached the Lion King. I literally preached it. You didn't even know Rafiki was Simba's pastor. I mean, spiritual leader. That's why when he got off track, he had to go to his pastor to get back on track. Y'all not talking to me. Scar, Simba's uncle, his name, his name, watch this, his name means trash. <laughs> his name means debris. So check this out. The reason he had an issue with Simba, watch this, who was the son of the king and the son of the promise. See? Go get the message. Watch. They wouldn't worship. So the king says, what is? And here's what they say to the king. We have no need to answer you concerning this matter. You know what's amazing to me? Is they were willing to die not to dishonor God. It's amazing to me the stuff we'll honor over God. We'll honor our friends over God. We'll honor money over God. We'll honor this and that. It's amazing the stuff that we make more important than God. These were teenage boys, and they said, if you throw us in the fire, do what you got to do, King. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to bow down to your golden image because that's against honoring our God. We ain't doing it. How many of us get scared when it's time to pray over our food because we don't want to offend nobody? It's quiet right through here. How many of us, how many of us, how many of us, how many of us, we, we won't, watch this, we won't take a stand for God. And I'm not talking about being against people. You're not a great Christian because you're against people because of certain hot button political issues. Doesn't make you a great Christian. What, what, makes you, what makes you a Christian is when you say, watch this, I'm going to honor God over anything else. Does that make sense? The boy said, we ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. And the king says, well, if you don't, I'm going to put you in the fire. And I'm going to turn it up seven times hotter than normal. How you like that? You know what they said? Do what you got to do. We believe our God is strong enough to deliver us. And watch this, King. And even if he doesn't, we still ain't doing that. I need you to be so committed to God. Watch me. That even if he doesn't do what you asked him to do, you'll still say, for God I live and for God I die. Are there any sold out people in here tonight? I just need to check the room. Because... No, stop, 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 stop. No, I need to know tonight, are there any people that watch this? You can try everything else that has failed you. But the one God that has never, ever failed you, if you're sold out 100% in, I need you to take a stand and give God a praise there. I need you to give him a praise right there. If you're sold out, I'm all in this thing. I'm all in this thing. Somebody shout, I'm sold out. Be seated. Watch me. They said we are not going to do it. Even if God lets us die in the furnace, we still didn't bow to you, sucker. 
even if God doesn't heal my body, I'm still going to worship him. Even if he doesn't do it by tomorrow at 1130, I'm still going to give him glory. Even if he didn't answer my prayer by the time I wanted him to answer, I'm still going to give him glory. That's how you know it's for real. We got too much fake love. And they all up in your face. Real love says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's go. It's amazing to me that non-Christians sometimes have more loyalty. That's why I keep a few non-Christians around me. Now, I don't mean that literally. What I just mean is, is that I, I let them keep their thug. It's like Peter. Just in case something pop off. I wish somebody would. I need you to be real in church tonight. I need you to not be stuck up. I need you to not be, uh, I need you to not do that. I need you to not do that. I need you to not do that. Touch your neighbor and say, we got to be real tonight. We got to be real tonight. Why? Because healing's about to sweep through this room in about five minutes. So I need you to not be trying to conceal it because God's going to reveal it so that God can heal it. Shout it, yeah. Watch, 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 watch. They said we're not going to do it. So here it is, Daniel 3, 22. We're going to go through several verses, and here it is. Because the final point that I gave you, where we're going right now to the demonstration of this, is that fire creates miracles. I want to show you in the Bible so that you can see it. See, never let somebody give you something that ain't Bible. There's too many opinions today. I feel this. I think this. I'm going to need you to uh, do that. www.com until you got some Bible to show me. Let me show you Bible. Daniel 3.22. Because the king's order was so urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's miracle number one. It ain't killed you. You missed it. How did the fire... C come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. And uh, uh, y'all give me... You know, come on. Come on. Y'all ask God to use you. Come on. These are my go-tos. All right, come here. All right, so now watch this. Uh, it says, the men that took him into the fire. Now, let's just think this through. Y'all, this is the door to the fire. Y'all get this? Doesn't anybody say, this is the door to the fire. <laughs> so the men bringing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. Come here, it says men. So now they're bound. Put your hands together. No, not together. You're like this here. Got it? Okay, put your feet real tight. Super tight. All right. Touch your neighbor and say, it was getting hot in there. So y'all take them into the fire. Now watch this. I need you to see the miracle. I need you to see the miracle. This is the door, right? So who would have went in the fire first? These three. But who died? Them. I need you to see that the miracle... The miracle is that you cannot explain it except to say that God did it. Y'all have already missed it. You've already missed it. What other people lost their minds about, you still got your right mind. What other people committed suicide for, you're still here. When other people said, I can't take no more, you're still taking it. Miracle number one is somebody shouted, it didn't kill me. I'm so glad you didn't commit suicide. I'm so glad you didn't take your life. I'm so glad you didn't take that bottle of pills. Why? Because you were about to be a miracle. Thank y'all. Can we go further? 
Here's verse 24. Uh, well, in the verse 23, let me finish that. Verse 23. And these three men, it's interesting because at first they're young men, not they're men. Fire takes you from a boy to a man. Which is why you can be a, watch this, you can be young and still be a man and you can be old and still be a boy based on how you handle your fire. And you just encourage your neighbor, say, handle that fire, handle that fire, handle that fire. We're getting where we're going. Here it is. Verse 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. So they fall into the furnace. Miracle number one, they've already seen. Because they would have went in there first. But the miracle is, is that it didn't kill them. It killed those other two. That's miracle number one. Here's the next miracle we're about to see. It says this, uh, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste. Look at me. He was watching how they handle it. I need you to know you got people watching you right now, and you're going to be their testimony. What do you mean I'm going to be their testimony? They're going to see how you handled your fire, and when they see how you handled your fire, they're going to say, if they handle it, baby, I can do this thing. I need you to realize, watch this, you doing this well isn't just for you. You doing this well is for somebody that's watching you. Here it is. He gets up in haste, and he declares to his counselors, didn't we cast... Three men in the fire, and they answered and said to the king, true, O king. That's true, true. Verse 25, he said, wait a minute, though. Say, wait a minute. No, 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 now wait a minute. You teach you to be a good southerner. It's, it's way meant. W-A-Y-M-E-N-T. If you talk to anybody from, from, from the east side of the Mississippi, when they talk to you and they're trying to do something, say, like, wait a minute. And they're going to say about four times. You're going to call them on FaceTime and they go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth, too. Verse 25. He said, I see four men in there in the midst of the fire. Wait a minute, though. Weren't they bound? Weren't they bound when they fell in the fire? The Bible says those dudes are up. And those dudes are walking. Here's miracle number two. They weren't bound anymore. What was supposed to kill them set them free. I need you. I need you to act like. I need you to act like what was supposed to kill you is finally setting you free. I need you to be thankful for the fire because it set you. Shout I'm free. That's how you're going to get over that suicidal thought. That's how you're going to get over that depression. What was supposed to kill you is setting you. It is. He says, these dudes are up walking. And the fourth dude is new. He looks like a son of the gods. Now, here's my question. How would Nebuchadnezzar know what a son of the gods looks like? He's a pagan, so polytheistic worship okay, versus monotheistic. So they worship a whole bunch of different Babylonian deities. But how would he know what, what the son of God looks like? It's because the way you're handling this fire, people are going to see God working in you and through you. So that, watch me, even unbelievers are going to say, now that God must be real. 
Because I remember them when they came into 2019, they were discouraged, they were defeated, but somehow, someway, God started turning things around. Somehow, someway, God started making miracles happen. He said, he said, he's like the son of God. I'm, we're almost to where we're going. We're almost to where we're going. You ready? Here's miracle number three. Watch this. God didn't get you out because he started it. Now, I know that's not a miracle that we want to shout about. But God can't, watch this. If he gets you out of the fire, you won't be in his presence. Mm. Let me come over here. Where was God? In the fire. If he gets you out of it, you'll be separated from his presence. I need you to know that this fire has been making you pray like you've never prayed, worship like you never worship. Some of you have given like you've never given. You've forgiven like you. I need you to thank God because this fire is making you a better Christian. This fire is making you a better worshiper. Somebody say it's for my good. He said, if you get out of this, you'll be away from me. And we always meet in the fire. Mm. We always meet in your pain. I'm close to the brokenhearted. Said you said you love me, right? To meet me, you got to come in the fire. You said you want me, right? You got to get in the fire. Says neighbor, I need the fire. You said, God, if you're real, prove it. He said, Let me start something in. <laughs> you know them people. <laughs> Can I, can I have a joke real quick and then we'll get back to this word? Can I have a joke real quick and we'll get back to this word? I know tonight's message is a little longer than normal because it's Friday night fire, okay? Watch me. Watch me. You ever seen somebody that was taking a smoke and they could not get that lighter to start for nothing? Some of y'all don't even know how to act. Like, am I supposed to laugh at that? He talking about smoking. Touch your name and say, please be real in church. Some of y'all was for breezing in the car before you got in here. Just about, Lord, get the smell of smoke off of me. Make it a miracle in Jesus' time. I ain't nobody judging you. Somebody say, no judgment. They be. <laughs> like, look, it ain't started yet. I'm just not certain it's going to start. Okay, back to the word. Here it is. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar says, I want to see this in person. What happened? Watch this. The king came to them. Miracle number four. God's going somebody, to send somebody with the resources to bless you. They're going to send them to you. Your phone's about to ring. I want to prophesy now. Your phone's about to ring. Doors of opportunity about to open. Your name's about to be brought up in conversations. Your name has been spread in this atmosphere. And God's getting ready to favor you. The reason you couldn't quit is because God says, I'm going to make the king come down to see you. The king came to them. Somebody say, the king is coming to me. Say it again. Say, the king is coming to me. Watch this. The king... Verse 26, came near to the door. And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Watch this next part. Servants of the Most High God. Ain't this a pagan who don't believe in God? God says, you're going to be a walking evangelist. Why? Your fire's going to tell the story. People going to look at you and say, I just need to talk to you. You look like you can tell them, baby, I've been through hell and back, and I came back licking an ice cream cone. Everything that was meant for evil, God turned it for my good. I am standing because of the grace. 
servants of the most high God, come out and come here. This is amazing, right? Because he's the one who sent them in there. What miracle are we on? So this is five, right? Here's five. God is going to make who was against you. Let me see if y'all will get it. Because they ain't saying nothing. God is going to make who was against you for you. He's literally going to make your enemies make peace with you. He's going to make them call you on the phone and say, I never should have handled you that way. I never should have lied on you like that. I never should have talked to you like that. You better get ready for your phone to ring. Somebody say, my phone's about to ring. My phone's about to ring. You're about to get some apologies in your inbox. You're about to get some apologies in your DM. They are about to apologize for how they mishandled you. Here it is. What did this? The fire. Who started it? God. Can I finish it? Here it is. We're done. We're done. Look at verse 27. Keep me seated. Look at verse 27. Verse 27. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors and the king's counselors gathered together <laughs> and saw that the fire didn't have no power of their bodies. Here's miracle number six. Ready for this one? Ready for this one? I need you to see the type of people that came. Some of you, you spent your whole life trying to prove your value. <laughs> Trying to let me preach to me. You've been trying to get a reason to see what you've been saying. Let me preach to me. You've been trying to get folk to see what you've been saying. Let me preach to myself. Look at the type of people that came. Now, maybe you don't know. You don't know. You're like, now what is a uh, mouse trap? I don't know. These are all governmental leaders. These are all men with power. These are men with money. These are men with influence. These are men that with one word can change the whole trajectory of their future. Here's, here's which one are we on? This is six right here, right? Here's miracle number six. The reason God had to remove some people from your table, because he's putting a higher level of person at your table. You had too many people sitting around you that wanted something from you. God is bringing people in 2019 that add something to you. I need you to be excited about, watch this, who left you. I need you to be excited about who walked out. I need you to be excited about what you don't have no more. Because God says, I'm bringing some men with power. I'm bringing some men with influence. I'm bringing some men that with one conversation, they can change your whole life. But I couldn't do that while you had them sitting at your table. So I dismiss them because you wouldn't. I dismiss that fake friend because you wouldn't. I dismiss that relationship that you knew was messing you up because you were on fire until you got with her. You were on fire until you got with him. I... Watch. We're about there. We're about there. We're about there. And the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw the firehead. No power their bodies. Here's the next miracle. <laughs> the hair of their heads wasn't singed. You getting this? Watch me. 
Watch me. The hair on their heads wasn't singed. Their cloaks weren't harmed. They went in there. Shirt was good. They came out. Shirt was good. And watch this. They didn't smell like what they had been through. Where we at? So this is seven right here. Watch this. Here's miracle seven. This is this miracle seven, right? Watch this. The fire is going to ensure that you're not going to look like what you've been through. <clears throat> you ever seen somebody where you can tell they're going through? Watch this. What your whole bloodline is about to see is that what they thought was taking you down. God says that's really what was making you. And I'm using you as a testimony to them. Because the same ones that criticize you for coming to church and criticize you for giving and criticize you for serving and criticize you and you for being faithful, God says, I'm about to make you a testimony in front of them. You ready? Here's the last piece. I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. Here it is. Fire went on them. The miracle was they didn't look like what they've been through. God says, you ain't going to look like you've been through a divorce. You ain't going to look like you've been through bankruptcy. You, you. You ain't going to look like you've, you, you've lost a loved one. You, you, you ain't going to look like you've had the worst finances you've ever had. You ain't going to look like, y'all not talking to me. You ain't gonna, in fact, when people look at you, they're going to be shocked when they hear your story. Because they're going to say, watch what they're going to say. I never knew. Here's why you didn't know. Because God, he had me in the fire, but he was protecting my fire from your sight. God was covering me while I was in the midst of the fire. Here's the last part. Verse 28. And Nebuchadnezzar. Can, can I tell you something interesting? You came to church on a Friday, so can I feed you good? I like eating good on Fridays. I have something on Fridays called Fried Fridays. That's when I eat my fried food for the week. Now, I didn't do it today because I, I had did it another day this week, but <laughs> typically it's on Fridays. Watch me. Watch me. Nebuchadnezzar's name means, you ready for this? Protect my child. What you're trying to tell me, Bishop, is that your enemy was your protection. I need you to not even be mad about it anymore, Friday. I need you to just be like, thank you. You protected me. Why? Because watch this. While you were doing what you were doing, that made me pray. That made me worship. That made me shout. That made me think that maybe there's more in me. That made me dig deep. What, what's this last part? This is the last part. This is the last part. You ready? And Nebuchadnezzar answered said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded their bodies rather than serve and worship uh, their God, any other God except their own God. Verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people or nation or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Watch, watch, watch. Nebuchadnezzar about to go ham. He's, I can't say that. Amen. 
I can't, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Therefore, I make a decree. <laughs> any nation, any language, any people that speak against the God of Shadrach, Misha, Bendigo, watch what he says. I'm going to tear them from limb to limb. And I'm going to lay their house in ruins. For there's no other God that's able to rescue like that. Remember how he was against them? Remember how I just told you the miracle is he's going to turn for them? Come on, say it's turning around for me. Say it again. Say it's turning around for me. Only those who really believe it by faith on this third time, I need you to say it and say it with a little bit of, a little bit of gladiator in you. One, two, three. Watch this last verse, and then we're going to see miracles. Because remember, this last point was that fire makes miracles. Here it is. <laughs> and I'm going to close the book. Verse 30. Then the king promoted. Then the king promoted. Somebody say he promoted. He promoted. Yeah, y'all, y'all didn't see the, the Bible. Then the king what? Promoted. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait just because I need to make sure you get this. Then the king did what? Promoted. The same thing. This is why you couldn't quit, because the same thing. This is why you had to stay faithful to where you were assigned to, because the same thing that was supposed to be what knocked you down, took you out, and killed you. I need you to say this and say this like you a gangster. Just say, it's about to promote me. Say it like you're being it. Say it's about to promote me. Wait, wait. Because why you say say it like a gangster? Because what you were fearful of, which was the fire, tonight you've learned. God says, I started it. And I'm using it. You can't rebuke it. You can't stop it because it's for your good. And God says, because you held on, I scheduled a Hebrew feast called the Passover. And the Passover means that all of the plagues have ended. I came to tell somebody tonight, God says, because you handled it well, he says, Passover, watch this, is also your season of promotion. I need you, I need you to praise him like you believe that things are about to go up and like things are about to increase, like things are about to upgrade, like things are about to get better, like you ain't going to cry about it no more, you're not going to be upset about it anymore. Somebody say promotion. The way you and I try to get promoted. Watch this. You know, we have all our stuff we do. God says, I just need you to handle the fire. Because that's what's going to get you promoted. What's promotion mean? Better than it was. So when I say promotion, what am I saying to you? Better than it was. Fire, what's the last point we've been spending the last 20 minutes on? Fire makes what? Miracles. So wait a minute. If he did it back then, 
I think he can do it all again. Somebody say he's going to do it all again. So tonight, is there anybody here you need to see God's power move? That's all of us, right? That's all of us, right? You're about to be set on fire tonight. And when you leave this place, you better hear me and hear me good. You will not be the same. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.